you know, a, a lot of things. Um, you know, it just was not one of our cleaner games. Too many mistakes, uh, penalties, missed opportunities, missed throws, drops. You know, just not playing sound football. You know, I think we were just so inconsistent. It was hard to get in a rhythm. Feels like it feels like all the close plays like we didn't make that you you need to get some momentum back in games and seemed like all of those we just weren't able to make today. You know we gotta watch this tape and really learn from it because there's a lot on there that we gotta clean up and get better from. It was just walking off the field. You feel like we missed so many opportunities and left a lot out there and really just shot ourselves in the foot over and over. 10 XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, David Garrard, and Hold my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Here we go again. Uh, David Garrard, since last we saw you, the Jags are 0-2. What in the world? And it's only been a week, uh, man. Good morning. Otherwise, how are you? Man, we were flying so high there. Uh, last time I was in here, we were ready for a nice little run. You were all dripped up last yeah. <laughs> few times we saw him, Tony. I yeah, took no all doubt. that mess off, man. There may be a Jaguar shirt underneath that yeah, hoodie there might that be, you're uh, wearing right yeah, now. Yeah, I felt, I felt real bad. It's a little chilly in here. <laughs> David like. Garrard seems to be matching the fan base. Like, How many fans have we interacted with? Since the game went final yesterday, that are just they're so upset. Yeah. It's like the season ended yesterday. Right. And look, they've got a one game lead in the AFC South. They're still in the middle of the AFC playoff picture. I'm not saying that you have to feel good about their prospects long term in the playoffs at this point for this team with everything that they're dealing with right now, but the season didn't end. Yeah. yesterday in Cleveland, but it does feel like for a lot of fans, and I get it, you need a day. I was going to say, I don't, I don't process need all your this. silver lining right. right now. Maybe you need I, a day to process all this, but a, it's a not day done. day to waddle in my sorrow. Well, That's what I you need. You know, we're still within the 24-hour windows. Yeah. So feel yeah. free to indulge yourself. And, and I did. And fi- we will be for a long time. Thanks for the longest <laughs> yeah. freaking regular season <laughs> game in history. I know, right? It may not day. have been, but it just felt well, like I, it. And I did feel like, you know, you're right. Houston lost. Colts loss. I said, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel better, mm-hmm. but that doesn't change the fact that we had like 22 different offense alignment alignments yesterday. Like sure. I, every time I went to the restroom, we had a different lineup, and I was like, where did those guys go? Yeah, I mean, it, it into was into the blue tent, Dave. <laughs> they were all huddled up in the blue tent. They're That's where it was warm. In the blue yeah. tent. Good morning, Tony. How Good are morning. You? I'm doing well. I think numbers. Do and don't tell stories about NFL games, right? Like some of them lie to you, yeah, and some of them tell you the truth. And I think you look at some of the numbers from Joe Flacco, and it's up to you which is the lie and which is the truth, or maybe both or a little bit of both. Look, he's 26 of 45, 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. You look at that on the surface of it, you're like, had a good game yesterday. His total QBR. 35.1, which wow. is more what matched my mind watching him. It's everything was easy. Yeah. The plays that Joe Flacco made were when the Jaguars made it easy. No rush, no coverage. He threw three touchdowns. Any rush, any coverage, he threw 19 incompletions. Right? Like that's the kind of thing that was happening in yesterday's game. And look, they had issues all over the place. Offensive line, secondary pass rush. Like, it was, it all reared its ugly head yesterday. Uh, maybe game. cover Njoku. Or just every now and then. Be in the vicinity. Because yeah. apparently David now you Bell can. as well. I mean, you know. Yeah. Was, you can jump on guys' backs now and they won't even call it. 
You can grab them and hold them, well, and they gotta won't call it. You got to be around them to do that. I, but, uh, yeah, that's my point yeah. exactly right there, Tony. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, uh, you, Dave, would probably return if you thought that you could stand back there and turn your head and go through your progressions all day and and have wide open guys running like that in the secondary. If so. I if I am allowed to lob the ball down the field to somebody that is screaming wide open, truly I, fifteen I, yards. Open. Yes, yeah. I I can start training right now and be ready for Sunday if that's the case. Saw this from John Shipley. Uh, tweeted this out last night. Trevor Lawrence targeting Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley yesterday. 9 of 27 for 82 yards and three interceptions. Mm. Three yards per attempt. Mm. Okay? Trevor Lawrence targeting anyone else. 19 of 22, 175 yards, three touchdowns, completed 86% of his passes, average almost eight yards per pass. How does that happen? I don't know. I, I really don't. But I know they're going to put their better corners sure. on those There's guys. That. There's and some of that. It, was it 23? Their defense? Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to the Hall of Fame next mm. week. <laughs> so, I, I, it was unbelievable. Everything. I mean, when that, like you said, those, those numbers tell the God-honest truth right there. Because I felt like every time he was trying to get the ball – to those guys, there was somebody in their hip pocket. There was somebody um, causing a deflection. They were they were right there on them every time. And when they did have an opportunity to make the catch, they sometimes they still didn't even do that. You know, it, it was well. Zay Jones threw himself under the bus yesterday in the locker room. Said he was really bad. You yeah. Know? And and look, you you can see Trevor Lawrence the last couple of weeks has gotten demonstrably upset. A couple of instances, yep. right? The one was when he got hurt and he had all that emotion raging. And you, you understand, it's a rookie. I get it. It's week 13 last week, but Parker Washington hasn't played that much. He made a mental error, and it sucks that it resulted in part in Trevor Lawrence getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley is a multi-year vet. Granted, yeah. he's had an absence of nearly two years from football, that but he, he's been here all offseason. He's been here all year. Dave, wh what is – what do you think that route was designed to do? Was that like a hot read where Calvin's got to read the pressure, what's happening, get his head turned around, or is he just trying to, you know, is he clearing out a section or whatever? Because obviously Trevor Lawrence expected something different from Calvin Ridley and let it be known very clearly. Yeah, it looked like a, a, a glance route, like a slant, but maybe two steps deeper. Not a post where, you know, that's like eight to ten yards or eight steps it just looked like a glance. So as soon as you start your break, I'm throwing the ball, letting it go. You might catch it on one and a half steps of breaking in. You catch it going into the end zone. It looked like he ran it further, never turned his head, and was just running straight to the safety there, which, you know, a glance is going to be bang, bang. You know, I'm going to throw it. You're going to catch it. You might get another step in. Then somebody's going to hit you, but it's a great catch and throw. And that wasn't the case. It doesn't look like he should have been hooking up because that would have happened. Way too, that would have been like a hitch or something. And he was on, you know, kind of a tight, uh, lined up tight to the uh, lineman there. So I, that is something you can't have because as a quarterback, you are trusting. That's why y'all run so many routes before, during, after practice to make sure when this play is called, we have an opportunity to get a touchdown We've both got to be on the same page. Yeah, obviously weren't yesterday. Not saying Trevor Lawrence was perfect by any stretch of the he imagination wasn't. either. No. Uh, but 
you know, it's, it's so many different areas right now, Tony, are breaking down. And I get it. Look, I totally understand your point of view. You compare this team to where they were last year, mm-hmm. and they're in much better position right now. They control what happens still, at least in terms of who wins the AFC South. And they did get a couple of gifts yesterday. Thank you, Cincinnati. Thank you, New York Jets. Right, And I think we'd feel differently today if both Houston and Indy had won and the Jags had won because the Jags then would be taking care of their own business rather than hanging on and needing that kind of help from other people. But I do think at the same time, your expectations change and they rise. And this team, you know, last year was a fun, magical ride, right? And it was coming off a year prior where they had the number one pick in the draft. Well, this year you're coming off winning a playoff game the previous season. And and so, you know, yes, we're in great position to win the AFC South still and get a home playoff game. But I think the bar is a lot higher for this football team this year. And, and maybe it shouldn't be at this point starting to accumulate injuries. And again, I'm not making excuses. As everyone has pointed out, Cleveland has been beset with their own set of injuries this year. Most teams around the NFL have to deal with it. Nobody feels sorry for you. You still have your quarterback. And I didn't see, in from my point of view, mm-hmm. that the ankle was hindering Trevor Lawrence to, to where, like, no. if, you, if you didn't know it, you wouldn't say, oh, man, he looked gimpy or anything yeah, like no. that out there. So um, I, I get both sides of it. I do yeah. get the, hey, you know what? When the dust settles, you know, tomorrow – we can take a deep breath and go, you know what? We're still in first place. Even if we lose to Baltimore on Sunday Night Football because they look at the moment like the best team in the AFC, we're still going to be in first place no matter what Houston and Indy do next week. And the schedule softens up a little bit. But all of a sudden, what's your confidence level that they're just going to roll into Tampa and beat the Bucks right now? Mine is not that high, yeah. honestly. I'm not saying they can't and that they shouldn't or anything like that, but I think – for a large part of the season, we said, man, you get past Baltimore, and it's like, whew, 3-0 finish to this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I think this is the way the Jags are playing, the way everything is going on with them right now, um, you know, that's two weeks. That's way far yeah. away. But it's if you're so looking hard ahead, to know who is and isn't going to be available. Well, you're right. But that, if you're looking ahead and how the, those yeah. teams are playing right now, I think that game is all 60 minutes yeah. to figure oh, out yeah. who's going to win that And game. it all caught up with them yesterday. Like the injury stuff, like it clearly had a massive impact on that game yesterday. Tyson Campbell, they found a way to play without him there for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not finding a way right now, you know, to play without him and Trey Herndon in the secondary. Maybe that's the big deal, that they lost two of the top three, and now they're really having to challenge the bottom end of that depth chart. We felt good about their depth on the offensive line going into the season. Well, now the depth of the depth is being challenged. Right, And it's showing up on the field for a team that had issues running the ball before. Yeah, They were having these issues along the offensive line. Well, now they're having the issues along the offensive line. And it's not a surprise that they can't run the ball in that game yesterday. But it wouldn't. It also isn't a surprise that going up against that Cleveland defense to be really successful in offense, you were going to need to be able to run the ball. Third and seven is jail. <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns, right? And they couldn't get themselves out of that kind of situation, and they have so little confidence in their ability to run the ball that on a fourth and short, they're going to line up empty, right? Like, that's how little confidence they have. Their best play on third or fourth and one the last month is Trevor Lawrence on a QB sneak. And reaching it out, and, right. and, which is tough. At the goal line, you can do that. You break the yeah. plane, plays over. Yeah. With. And yesterday he's playing on a high ankle sprain. We're not calling that play. 
Yeah, and I don't even mind like calling the like the ankle sprains on to me. It's like the way he does his sneaks. He just sticks the ball out there when yeah. you're at the 35, 40 yard line or Can't whatever. Do that. You know, somebody's gonna knock it out. I, I'll say they're this limited. I'm not saying like I'm not trying to take away the arguments about where they're limited. They are. Yes, they're still in the position that they're in, and they have four games left to try to get themselves ready for the playoffs. I want to see what it looks like when they have Walker Little back, when they have Cam Robinson back, when they have Britton Strange back, which I do think makes a difference in what they can do in the run game to some degree. When Tyson's back on the field, like there are guys that they're going to be getting back over the course of the next month, and I expect them to be better than what they were yesterday, but yesterday was bad. Yeah, and Cleveland will be like, hey, we'll get Denzel Ward back, and we'll, we'll get Dewan Jones yeah. back. And, you know, and they're I mean, also one of the two teams going into the the weekend in the AFC. Cleveland is one of the two of the seven that were in the AFC playoff picture that have won to this point. Miami plays tonight. They better be on upset alert because mm. the rest of the power in the AFC was – yeah, and and that's true, but I don't think when you look not at this team, not to make you team, feel better, right? No. Because <laughs> I think what Jaguar fans look at is, yeah, okay, we can get to the playoffs. What is the likelihood that we can make a run yeah. with this team week after week? Any one game, sure. Any one game, we see it. Anything can happen, right? In fact, the Jags can beat the Ravens. I don't feel like they will at this moment, but who knows how I'll feel by the end of the week? Let me just say this about Tyson Campbell's absence: he's not covering David Njoku, no. right? The, back, the backs and the tight ends accounted for about 130 yards receiving mm -hmm. in this game. Now, I don't know what whose fault it was on the David Bell touchdown, his lone reception on fourth down. Let's not cover a guy right in the middle of Flacco's field of vision. And, I mean, the easiest throw and catch, Dave, that you'd ever have as a professional quarterback, throw five yards over the line of scrimmage, and, and he goes 40 yeah. yards unmolested for a touchdown. So, I don't know. Like, Amari Cooper didn't dominate this team yesterday. No. Seven for 77. You know what? A guy of his caliber, you'll take that. Yeah. You feel like you've done a pretty decent job on Amari Cooper if those are his numbers at the end of the day. On so 14 targets, by the way. Right. So, I, I thought they yeah. made him work for what he got. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, like, Tyson Campbell against this team in particular, the way they funneled their offense yesterday, if he would have made all that much of a difference. Maybe he would have because there's always a ripple effect. He's covering this guy, and so-and-so's covering the next guy, and, and down the line it goes. So maybe they would have. And really, might have only made a difference on a handful of plays. Well, you lost by a single score. Yep. All right? Um, which we'll get into the coaching decisions down the stretch as well because was not a fan of the going for it with about four minutes to go mm -hmm. and then the two-point yeah. conversion the, try. I, I was really confused at to that To make point. it a two-point game instead what uh, we... that was like to me the easiest one of the just calls to make the yeah extra point so we can just go you know I mean, if we the get the onside are, it's, uh, right, if it's you overwhelming get, that you're not gonna but if it. you can get the onside you only have to go you know 30 yards or something right. like and, that and there was some still plenty of time left you know that if they got it but why put yourself in that position because look if you are in that position anyway and you're thinking well a field goal can win the game you still have a minute and a half. If you get the onside kick, you could still go for the touchdown to win the game, even yeah. if you're down yeah. three and you just have that kind of in the back of your mind. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I'm just not happy with that. And in the end, on the road against the team that's in the playoffs right now, which by the way, the same team beat San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Okay, in Cleveland, um, 
19 to 17, held them down. Now, I don't know if Purdy played in that. Did Purdy play in that yeah. one? Yeah, it, Purdy it was did. everybody Maybe else Debo. was out. Debo, Debo didn't play, yeah. and the, the left tackle didn't play. Uh, so Trent Williams. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that, but they were also playing with P.J. Walker, who's they since yeah. waved, exactly. okay? They, they decided they he's not him? good enough. Yes, he's wow. gone. He's not even there anymore, wow. and he beat San Francisco. So, I'm not saying Cleveland's a bad team, but – Joe Flacco, I mean, you can't be losing to guys who are just rolling into the league after being out all season long, and then two weeks later, they're throwing for 300 yards on you. So today, as we do every day after a Jags win or loss, we ask for your reaction. The Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day, what is your reaction to the Jags' 31-27 to loss to the Cleveland Browns yesterday? We'll take your calls if you're so inclined on the All Pro Roofing phone lines at 641-1010, same number for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. You can hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at David Garrard 9, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. Nice job in the breakfast bowl pockets. Appreciate it. All right, you got us. Is that your first triple figure week? No, I've had said at two. least one, yeah. Has he? Two? All right. I don't I don't keep up with the <laughs> second level competition that's mm-hmm. going on between him and D-Rock that much. Totally. Yes, I'm ahead, though. Uh, you are. Okay. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Somebody keeps track of yes. it. And we know you will not be buying any breakfast this week. All right. Uh, we'll come back and let's dissect this one for the next couple of hours because that's what we do around these parts. This is Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Hey, folks. Mike Dempsey here. You know how I feel about Pella windows and doors. Great design, strongest warranties in the business, the highest quality products. That's why I chose Pella windows for my own home. Couldn't give them a better endorsement than I welcomed them into my home, and I'm thrilled with the results. Whether you're a homeowner replacing windows or building a new home, maybe a trade professional working with clients, I know that the design experts at Pella can help your project run smoothly and look great. So visit PellaJax.com or stop by the Pella showroom on Phillips Highway. Those are my friends at Pella Windows and Doors. Just Monday, David Garrard Monday on 1010XL. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. All right, anything to get our mind off the Jags. Uh, my wife saw a bear yesterday. <laughs> that was cool. awesome, man. She went down to pick up my son down at Lakeland. Straight A's, gonna brag. Hey, there you go. Got it from mom, didn't get it from dad, <laughs> right? But I'm gonna brag. I had nothing to do with it, all right? But I'm gonna brag on my son. Great job. And uh, so they're coming back, uh, and they we go the back ways sometimes, and you go through the Ocala National Forest, and he's like, is that a big dog? And she's telling me oh, the story. Wow. She's like, is that, there's some big animal there. Is that a dog? Or what? what is that? <laughs> and they got right up there, like a medium-sized black bear. Mm. Pretty cool. I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, I love cool. uh, I love seeing wild animals like that. So uh, I anyway. like seeing them from a distance, yeah, from a safe distance <laughs> in the car. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we were talking about the like stupid encounters with wildlife there on the break. Um, you know, the the Browns had an encounter with the wildlife, but they were a pretty tame jaguar group <laughs> that they had to deal with yesterday. Look, I, I mean. It could be worse. Right? Yeah. You didn't lose to the Jets 30-6. to six, No. Right? I mean, seriously, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the flavor of the AFC South. Oh, Houston's the team, right? I'm not hearing any of that today uh, nationally. No. Yeah. You know, C.J. Stroud, by the way, yes, he got a concussion. He also had 91 yards late into the game mm. throwing. Now, granted, he's losing receivers left and right, but, hey, we feel sorry for him. Did we nope. lose Christian Kirk? I think we did. We did. You know, uh, did we play without Zay Jones for a good chunk of this year? It happens deal with it and um you know so from that standpoint as bad as the jags have been 
the last couple weeks, and no mistaking, they have been bad. They've been in both games mm-hmm. right to the end. Uh, don't understand. You got like 414, and Trevor Lawrence runs for seven yards. You let the clock run down. I think it was to 334. Decide to call timeout. It's mm-hmm. fourth and three. Let's go for it. I just, I don't get it. And I get you could talk all you like about Zay got mugged on the play, should have been a first down. You've put it in the ref's hands at that point to decide that your chance to win is going to continue because you gave them the ball in Dustin Hopkins' field goal range. Right there, didn't have to gain a thing, and they were already in field goal range, and then the, the go for two. I mean, I you know, Doug's going to be aggressive. There's aggressive, and then there's like – just it ain't make any sense. Read the room, man. Yeah. Kick, at that point, Cleveland's only scored seven in the second half. Kick it deep to them. Get a stop. You're still going to have plenty of time, and you're going to – it's going to be a one-score game. If you want to get down there, punch it in and go for two and go for all on one play, I can at least understand that, right? You've been trailing all day. You got a chance to steal one on the road last play, but I don't get the – First, you let all that time bleed off the clock, mm-hmm. and then you call the timeout, and you're kind of pot committed at that point. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. What are you laughing at? I- I'm laughing because <laughs> it's like we're having the discussion about this is why NFL coaches get fired, right? Like these kind of things are why NFL coaches get fired because it doesn't matter how good you are, mm-hmm. eventually the thing that makes people upset about you is going to outweigh what they love about you, right? Like, that's eventually what happens to NFL head coaches. Those plays are who Doug Peterson is, right? It's who he is as a coach. He is willing to be ultra-aggressive in those kind of moments. I'm with you. I would have punted it away. I would have kicked the extra point. I think both of those would have been the right decisions in those moments. I'm not surprised that Doug Peterson made the decisions he did because – He made those decisions when he was the head coach in Philadelphia. He's made them the first year here in Jacksonville, and he's made them to this point this season. This is how he's going to go, and at some point, yeah, probably that frustration will outweigh the good that people feel like he brings. I don't think he's going to change that part of his style of coaching. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be frustrated with it, you can't be frustrated with it, but it's going to just be something that will continue to frustrate you as long as he's the head coach. Here. Let me be clear. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson took over a team that had back-to-back worst record in the league, number one overall pick seasons, mm-hmm. 17-12 and 12 in the regular season, has won a playoff game, is in first place. I do not think – Doug Peterson's job is rock solid, yeah. locked in. I, I'm not for a second suggesting I wasn't trying that. to suggest I know. Were, I'm yeah. just trying to make for the record. Yeah. I, I'm not I, – I, Tony, I know you. I know what you're saying, and yep. uh, not at all. But I just want that to be clear. Mm-hmm. We can critique Doug 100%. Peterson and yeah. still go, damn, I'm glad we got Doug Peterson. I yeah. am. I'm thrilled that Doug Peterson is the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm thrilled with what he's been able to do with this team through nearly two seasons, but – I, the head scratchers to me, yes. You can be aggressive, yeah. but there's a limit at, at times, I think. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I've told you guys, players love it when their coach is aggressive, but then they're also like, mm, this didn't need, we didn't need to be that aggressive on this one. This, this one didn't feel like it was a time to, hey, guys, let's knuckle up, let's get our lunch pails, and let's go get this one because this is going to help us. At, no, that's not doing anything. Let's just kick the uh, extra point here. Two minutes left. I get it, okay? Four minutes left with all your timeouts in the two-minute warning. I, I, I yeah. don't get it. Because you could have used your timeouts. They could have still converted third down and been on the 
the good side from our perspective of the two-minute warning, and you still would have had another chance to stop him again mm-hmm. at that point and get the ball back. And I get it. It's tough to you know. Here I am saying, put it in your defense's hands. <laughs> and I, I saw right. I, I've seen what the defense yes. did, but mm-hmm. I just thought in balance that was the the play at the moment. All right, let's get to your reaction. That's what these uh, shows are for. We try to get it off our chest. A little bit here, but uh, let's see what's on your mind today. We're going to start up in Chicago. Josh is uh, from Jacksonville. He tells pockets, but uh, checking in from the Windy City this morning. What's up, Josh? Hey, how y'all doing? Okay, what's up? Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. you're on the air. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so I was watching the game yesterday. I just I was having a hard time because, like you guys said before in the past, it all starts in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Yesterday, I kept saying when we was, uh, you know, close to the one-yard line, always our offensive line is always on the ground. Everybody's slow to get up, and then defense just can't stop the run, stop the run, stop them from running the ball. You know, when it's fourth and one or third and one, you know, I mean, sometimes they get it, but I, I'm just, I'm a little frustrated with how it's how it start, how the game started and how it ended. So I just take y'all comments off the air. All right, appreciate it, Josh. Thank you. Oh, look, they know they can't, yeah. they can't impose their will no for one yard not even a little bit I even understand when you're going for it on the play that Trevor got picked off you know throwing it to Ridley I understand throwing in that circumstance because if they line up if Press Taylor lines up and hands it off to Travis Etienne we're like and he gets stuffed we're like what do you we we can't run the ball why are you doing it killing him for that play call I I don't know if Trevor just saw hey it's one-on-one with Ridley we're gonna win this he got unexpected pressure quick, whatever, but he's throwing, falling back, heaving it out there. I, I just, I mean, it's such a, it felt like such a low percentage play, yeah. even a one-on-one coverage. That, that's not the kind of um, play call that you want to have, or at least that route. That's not the one that you want to go to because it didn't seem like he was, uh, you know, kind of running free back there. It was it was a couple guys back there with him. You well, know? he start, certainly covered, they had him, Push to the outside, but it, it was. I thought it was one on one, right? The the guy turns, and I don't know if Trevor threw it too far inside, or he's just trying to get rid of it at that point, and you can't yeah. be that pinpoint. But and, and I guess there was so many picks, so I'm trying to figure out which one we're talking about. I'm here. talking about the one they, they lined up on fourth down, and they decided to go for it, and then he, you know Trevor's like falling back, and yeah. it's, it's not the one where he got in Ridley's. They all face. They, they all felt very similar. So every one of them, it wasn't clean at all. Um, didn't feel like he was putting the ball in the place where the ball needed to be to be able to be caught. And that's what you got to do when you're top quarterback and you got your receiver. You got to put the ball where he can go make a play on it, and hopefully they come down with the ball. They haven't been doing that always. But, yeah, it's just not – when you can't even get one or two yards out of a run play, that really limits your offense. It makes your quarterback feel like, man, I have got to make every throw now because we can't – you try to get it to third and two, fourth and one. You, like That's where you want it because you – our guys can get a crease and get our running backs, you know, a lane so they can get one yard is what you normally feel like as a quarterback, but we're not able to do it. And so that's real deflated. It's deflating – to everybody, the offensive line, the running backs, everybody feels deflated when you can't even get one yard at any point in the game. It it, it just sucks. It does. Uh, let's go to Tony in Gainesville. Next up at six four one ten ten on the All Pro Roofing phone lines. What's up, Tony? Hey, 
Hey, man, I'm back, man. I, I, I First of all, how y'all doing? All right. Uh, What's up with you? Second of all, man, I just want to, you know, we had this, I talked about it last week. I'm going to say it again, man. I think that it's time for us to have a serious conversation about, well, I already know Sheriff got to be gone. Luke Fortner, we need another center, man. Like, we can sit up here and go through this again next year. The next year, all that we're going to be saying is how strong he's not again. About the year two, you know, going to year three. And on the defensive line, man, it's like, we keep putting Hamilton out there. We're saying it's not about the money. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, what is he doing? He's out there getting stonewalled every time he comes off the line. There's no interior push on that defensive line with Hamilton. And Fortner, man, he's just, they say he's smart, that coaches love him, but at the end of the day, what are we getting out of him? And I'm just going to leave it at that. All right, Tony, appreciate it. Look, they're, they're right now they're getting physically beat yeah. Yeah. on both lines of scrimmage. There's no arguing about it. I mean, they had their moments where they had their wins, There's, but uh, as an overall product, I can't argue with that. I, I, I don't know what film session they could point out. Well, here's why we value Luke so much. This is what he is doing well. But but physically, I, I don't think he does. You know, just in terms of brute strength, can't match yeah. up with a lot of guys. I've seen him too many times where it's a run play towards the middle, and he's looking back like the guy is already by him, and he's looking at him run into the running back. And it's like, bro, why are you not still on your block? What are you doing? And they're talking about the interior three. Sheriff is supposed to be one of your, you know, better linemen who have has done all these things in Washington and comes here, and, and we just haven't seen that. But I have not noticed as much about a center this year specifically as I have with Fortner. I think, Tone, too, that – kind of pot committed at this point as well. Like, you've yeah. got the group you've got, right? Yeah, and, it is what it is. And, and you know, do they need to be better? We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Like, Doug Peterson took a long time to get to the podium yesterday. I imagine he is having a few pointed things to say mm-hmm. to his team in yeah. that circumstance. So, I don't know what's being said behind closed doors to Luke Fortner or whatever. But what do you have? Right, I mean, you're, you're, you don't really you're, have anything else to go you're to. You're playing your fourth left tackle of the season God. yesterday, and I get it. Other teams are doing it as well. Okay, maybe they have better reserves than we yeah. do because yeah. you know, it, who you could put Shatley in. You could. That is one alternative. Well, I think once you do that, that's the road they've gone down. And I've believed that they think that having a five-time Pro Bowl presence next to Anton Harrison helps him out more than having a guy who may be marginally a little bit better at his role, that I think his presence, making sure he's lined up correctly, knowing all those things. Like We're not seeing a lot of mental mistakes out of Anton Harrison. No. And I think part of that could be the fact that he's got a a savvy longtime vet helping him out, lined up next. So that could be some of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the alternative – I don't know. Put it this way. If they bench Sheriff today, or let's say they benched – um, Fortner. And we put can't Shatley bench in anybody. Center. We don't have any more backups. Right. I mean, you, if you, you do, Shatley. but are are they good? That's what you got. You got Shatley. Okay. So but he was Shatley playing yesterday. Yet. Right. That's the only card you can play. Like, it, right, as far playing, as what though, you're going to do with Fortner or Sheriff, that's what you got. He's playing because you had to kick Hans outside. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cleveland he was playing. Hurt. Right. Yeah. But even before that, like, yeah. it, let's so say, hopefully let's say, Walker Little's back and Ezra, it's not. Bad, right? Yeah, right. Whatever he's doing, hopefully it's not bad. You got if you're both saying those guys we can free field. him up. I, I don't know that he would make it. Yeah, better over there. I he think, may make it marginally better. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying yeah. we shouldn't try it. I just don't think it's like all of a sudden no. you're going to have this physical yeah. unit that's going to push people. Yeah, I hogs. think Sheriff and Fortner are both more 
finesse it in the right word, but they're not physical, right? Like, that's yeah. not why they're in the lineup. It's not what they bring to it. They are the more mobile. They're athletic. Yep. They can do those kind of things for you. And that's the kind of guys they wanted to have, yeah. right? Like, that's the decision they made is we feel good about doing that kind of thing and being able to move these guys, pull these guys, do those kind of things. And Sheriff is good in space. That's why he was an all-pro, right? Because he was really good in space. It wasn't because he was a mauler. Well, they need maulers, <laughs> right? Like on third and one, you yeah, need maulers. Absolutely. And they don't have those guys. They just don't have that physicality along the line of scrimmage. And I do think Anton Harrison has been getting better and better and better and better and better as we've gone through the season. Like I feel good about him mm-hmm. and his future here on this team. I think you can look at the other four spots on the offensive line and say, all right, what exactly is this going to look like yeah. in a year? I think Ezra is going to be one of the guards. I think they're going to figure out a way to do that. So maybe it's three of the five spots you're going to have to figure out what exactly that looks like going into next season. Yeah, I mean, at least they'll have some option at left tackle. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in terms of who they want to commit to for the long term, I mean, look, here's the thing. Cam Robinson, I don't think he's worth the money, but I also think because of his demeanor and his ability. Yeah, they is, need it. Yeah. You're most of he he yeah. brings you something that you you don't have when he's not in there, and yet is he? You know, I, I mean, we keep keep thinking, well, that's got to end. He can't keep making this kind of money on this team, and when we've got other alternatives. But I do feel like they miss him when he's not in there. Yeah. So, all right, well, uh, phone lines are loaded. We'll do a better job getting to you in the next segment. I promise. Six four one. 10-10, a reaction Monday. Jags fall 31-27 to to the Cleveland Browns. This is Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. David Garrard on Jaguars Today is brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers on 1010XL. All right, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, David Garrard, Dylan Denmark here with you. It's a reaction Monday. So let's get out to it. Uh, we've made folks wait and hang on. They've been patient. So let's get to them at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Tony on the west side next up. Hello, Tony. Hey, uh, I just have a take that I'd like to give. Uh, I think our fan base needs to learn how to win just like uh, Jaguar, just like players need to learn how to win. How's that? What do you mean? All right, thanks, Tony. You made no sense. Learn how to win. Learn how to win, fan base. We didn't win, right? I I don't know, you know. But Tony wanted to make a drive-by comment and didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to have any yeah. follow up. I uh, guess I don't know, man. I, I mean, there may be something to that, but I, I have no idea no what you even mean by that. Well, yeah, uh, what, like is, what does that mean? Okay. Do uh do the Chiefs need to learn how to lose? Because uh, you know, they keep you, doing it. They they they're doing it. Yeah. And uh, you you could see the cracks <laughs> starting to form. Over yeah. there. But, like, you know, who who was it? Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, former chief lineman, right? Yeah. Um, saw him on Twitter basically saying, talking about how the Chiefs fan base is so delusional and toxic and all. This, you've won the Super Bowl twice with Mahomes, <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, like, they're thinking the refs are out to get him when Kadarius Tony is lined up like, He's literally offsides. Offsides. He's, he's yeah. completely offsides. Yeah. And, uh, the most egregious example yeah. I've ever seen you of a wide receiver the guy lining on up the other side yeah. of you lined up properly. It's like, man, you're a yard ahead of that dude. <laughs> so like, I, I think every fan base has a, a difficult time dealing with losing. Yeah. And I, I would hope so. Don't get used to it. Uh, learning how to win, uh, you know, when the team becomes a consistent winner, I don't know. I'm not even going to worry about what that guy is say. Uh, let's go to Jeff in Maryland next up. Hello, Jeff. 
Hi, uh, I'm just uh, letting you guys know, first off, before uh, my question, uh, I'm basically the super fan for Maryland over here. Uh, when you guys, when Jags come to Baltimore, I'm at every single game. I'm totally that annoying guy with as much Jag stuff as you could possibly put on. And I'll tell you, there's some truth to that because I put on, uh, I got I got blankets. I use a uh, uh, cover for the uh, cell phone mugs and i just like for example that dallas game last year uh when they were trying to come back before they would run the next play that was successful i would put on a jacket and then put on a sweater on top of it and so on and so on (laughs) so uh you know i've been doing it since uh the very beginning uh you know i've followed this team forever and i just got to tell you the only thing in terms of a question that I would see is why is Trevor not throwing underneath? Like he's taking a lot of deep shots, similar to like Josh Allen was doing with a lot of picks. All right. Appreciate it, uh, Jeff. Thank you for your, your support of the team. Yes. Um, it's like the tide. It comes in and out, right? Like, I mean, why isn't he throwing why deep? Isn't why he isn't he taking deep shots? Short? That's what I we thought that was the problem. The yeah, we're not throwing Why are we shots? throwing the ball down the field? Yeah. Why, and Trevor Lawrence's numbers are, are among the best in the league throwing the ball beyond 20 yards down the field. Why are they doing it? Those are the play, they're trying to hit big plays. It's a big play passing league. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you shouldn't take anything underneath. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence never throws underneath, though. I think when Evan Ingram catches 11 passes, yeah. probably some of those were uh, underneath. A lot of them were. You know, so, uh, I mean, I, I think, again, people fixate on one aspect. And, you know, and, and maybe for from your point of view, that was an issue yesterday. I think the Jags are trying to put together an offense as explosive yeah. as possible and take advantage of his talents. I think – you can look at situational stuff, mm-hmm. right? We, we've talked about the fourth and short empty formation trying the deep shot along the right side, right? Like what exactly is that play call when the only effective, like r- truly effective player you had in the passing game at that point was Evan Ingram? Yeah. Right? Like why wasn't the fourth down play called for Evan Ingram? Right. Or did Cleveland do something to take away Ingram? Well, they didn't all day. They threw to him 12 times. He caught 11. Right. That's what I'm saying. On that, it's situational stuff. It's I don't have a problem with them pushing the ball downfield. They need to. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence is good at it. It's something that should be part of their offense. They need to figure out the moments when, when you need a yard, call a play for a yard. Yeah. Right? Like the situational stuff, I understand the frustration, but it has to balance somewhere within the offense. Well, I was just telling you guys off air when we were watching some of the little clips from the game yesterday, and Joku was wide open on that fourth down for the touchdown. I'm like, when you can't run the ball very good, you still have to get in the looks like you are so that you can sneak guys out. You can get Evan Ingram out. You can have him on a linebacker in those situations. You've got to start. You talk about situational football. You got to start designing plays for an Evan Ingram to get the ball to him in those moments because he's your clearly our best weapon when it comes to not needing a shot down the field, but we just need to get a few yards so we can get a first down. Yeah. Now, for the record, and Joku or Najoku's, uh, you're getting me now. It's <laughs> Najoku, everybody. Najoku. Yes. Uh, his touchdown came on third and one. I don't know if you're Which thinking is, about the David it, Bell touchdown. It's still very similar, though, yeah. for offense and defense. Like, we're trying to get a stop. 
get you guys off the field. So we're going to sell out. That's third and fourth down, even more on fourth down. But, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Whether it's fourth or third, it's a short and inches type situation Mm -hmm. Defense normally wants to sell out, and if they don't, they try to cover your tight end with a linebacker or safety coming down, some, some, something like that, so that you can, even if it's a corner, Evan Ingram is a big target. It's hard for corners to run through the back of a tight end. They can do a 190-pound receiver, but a guy that's 235, 240, like that's much harder to do. All right, back to the lines we go. Uh, Jay in Orange Park, you're next on Jaguars today. Go ahead, Jay. Hey, guys, thank you. Uh, my comments are more on the short yard is along that same line. We know that Doug likes his double tight end. He likes to, you know, have a big line. Where, and I know the Lions having problems, but why in the world are we not putting somebody in the backfield in front of him? Take another defensive man or another extra lineman or a tight end and having a lead blocker and ETN, love him to death. He is not big. We have two other backs that are much bigger. Why are they not in there running the ball on these short yardage? And it just seems like we're, we're, you know, you look at Philly, you know what they're going to do. We, on the other hand, we got nothing. I'll take your comments now. Uh, you know, you look at Philly. They're the only team that successfully executes that. They have a quarterback who squats 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. Let me know when Trevor gets there. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, because Philly is so good at executing in short yardage, you can't extrapolate that to the rest of the league. Yeah. They've got such a unique situation that there's widespread talk that the league is going to outlaw what they do, right? <laughs> and because they're the only ones who can successfully do it. So if you're using that as the standard, I don't think uh, – that's particularly yeah. fair. The The fullback thing, I mean, there are plenty of teams in this league that, I mean, almost no team carries a fullback. Yeah. Now, some of them will put a, a guy, a tight end, or somebody in the mm-hmm. backfield, but plenty of them don't. And, you know, you could argue that's just one more body that you've got to basically run through. Like, yeah. you know, you think about it, he's hitting the hole, he's meeting resistance, now you got to get around him. You know what yeah. I, I mean? We, our problem is we are not moving the defensive line. They are creasing us. They're pushing our guys back. And it doesn't matter if you have a fullback or not. If the defensive line is on our side of the line of scrimmage, then we're never going to win. You're, you're, you want your back to be hitting somebody at the line, not a yard behind the line, because now he's got to push a grown man back, and then there's other guys coming in to rally. He doesn't have a whole lot of room in there. Because it's little creases. You have to get your offensive line pushing their defensive line backwards, not the other way. By but, the way, yeah. um, Tank Bigsby. <laughs> and we're Tank, not doing it. Tank no. Bigsby listed at six foot two thirteen, right? Um, Dearness Johnson, 5'10", 208. Travis Etienne, 5'10", 215. Yeah. He's the biggest of them. Yeah. He's the biggest of yeah. them. I didn't. I, I I would have not have thought he was smaller than the other two guys. I, Tank just looks a little more. Travis, like by the yoked. way, has a nose for the goal line. Mm-hmm. I would think he would have a nose for the first down line yeah. as well. You know, um, it's just could they I, use a bigger back? Right. I Maybe. Don't know, like I don't know if it would matter if you honestly had Derrick Henry all that much. Right. It might help a little bit. Yeah. But there are very few Derrick Henrys, and if there's no hole to run through. 
you can't just run through the back of your offensive lineman. I'm not no. saying that not, that Travis Etienne's never taken a full step or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, there are issues. Yeah. And I don't doubt that every day at practice they're trying to fix this issue. But they might just not have the personnel to be very good at this that, at the moment. That is what it is right there. They just don't have the personnel for that. All right. Um, appreciate the call. Thank you, everybody else on the line. Be patient. I promise we'll get to you an hour or two. Coming up at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines on our Reaction Monday. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. He's our QB. It's a David Garrard Monday on 1010XL. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. All right, got MJ on a Twitter or X. Uh, at still a Jags fan. Thank you, MJ, for that. Uh, just wondering if we'll win any more home games this year. Well, they damn sure better beat Carolina, man. I mean, because that, that's the truth. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that would be whew, just a blight on on things. But you know what? All this, I, I am just win the division so I can hit that big fat reset button. At that point, doesn't matter how mm-hmm. you got there. And I'm not saying that I think they have a team right now that looks like they can go on a four-game playoff run. I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay? But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be fired up for that first playoff yeah. game. And all I'm going to care about, my focus is going to be 60 minutes of football that day. We got to get there first. Okay. And we got a big one yeah. coming up on Sunday. A oh, tough you gotta, game. There's a quarterback here that's good enough to beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Thank right. You, in, Dave. A, in a game good, in a week. Oh. <laughs> okay. But in a game, in a week, in a matchup, Trevor Lawrence is good enough that you can win. Right. And in the playoffs, that's what it's about. You don't win. You have to eventually win four in a row. Right. You but it's to win by today. winning today. Win today. Yeah. Right? Yes. They got four one-game seasons coming up the rest of this season. We hope. <laughs> That's the way they're dealing with it, right? And it should be the way they're approaching all this. So, and, and it's been back-to-back frankly, bad games. I, I totally understand that reaction. Like, I don't think we can – And but that's not real. Today, let's react to it however right. you want. And, yeah. and, and you know what yeah. I mean? Like, there will be time to worry about the state of playoff readiness – once they clinch that playoff spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, still work to be done in that regard. Uh, let's get uh, back to the lines here. Let's go to, let's see, who's been hanging on. Kay is downtown. Next up on Jaguars today. Hello, Kay. Hi, hi. Good morning, guys. Oh, so I just want to say just two quick things real quick. Uh, I believe it was Boomer Esiason, um after the game uh, at halftime. He said that Trevor took half of the snaps in um, preparation for this game. I'm just asking maybe Doug should have just probably just outright named Trevor the starter and given him all the snaps because I think that may have hurt him. I think that's why Boomer brought that up a little bit, uh, which hurt a little bit of the uh, communication. And also, I just want fans to just give uh, Calvin really some grace because this is his first time back in a while. He's learning a new system. I just think he deserves some grace. They're talking about burning his jersey already. Yeah, that, that's over the top. Yeah, but I, I'll say this. Um, should a veteran receiver need 14 weeks to learn the system when he's been here the entire offseason? No. They bring you right. in. I mean, we're not, there's not two a, weeks and then get you out there. There's not some 18-year-old yeah. freshman yeah. here, you know? I mean, right. like, yeah. like it's, it's the buildup. Right, it's Trevor yes. after the interception yesterday pointing at his eyes like you have to look at me. Yeah, and last week when they're calling the timeout when they're inside the ten yard line, having to burn a timeout at the beginning of the second half, and he's looking at Calvin and he's looking at Parker. He's like, get lined up. Yeah, 
right? Like you can see it on the field. Trevor doesn't do that stuff. We've watched him now for two and a half years. We don't see that from him very often. Had, it's boiling over right now. Did he have one yesterday where he kind of got mad at Fortner too, yeah. right, for not snapping on time? I, I think the, the frustration is building. Now, when you say should have given Trevor all the reps, he wasn't ready to practice yeah, on that, Wednesday. That was what I was going to say. So, like, one whole day is out, so of course you're not getting 100% of the reps. Yeah. You, you know? need him to get healthy so that he can play on Sunday. You can't ask him to get all these reps during the week. That's just going to keep your ankle staying And it sore. could have had an impact on the game, certainly. I will yeah. take Trevor Lawrence – in the healthy the state he was in yesterday over yeah. CJ Beathard Absolutely. every single yeah. he time. didn't even look like he was injured right i i mean exactly i you know so but there were reasons it wasn't like they just decided hey let's get beathard some reps this week i mean they yeah, had a no, necessity they, they, had they, to. they had to yeah. uh appreciate the call Kay. let's go to uh, back to maryland okay. i wonder how harold feels knowing that he's not the number one number Jaguar two. fan in Maryland. <laughs> Maybe number two at yeah, the best. Yeah, brutal day. Love, that was love a tough the one. show, guys. Thank you, I appreciate Harold. it. I listen every day. I was like, yeah, I, I wasn't really sure. <laughs> well, I saw you on the line, was. man. I'm like, I wonder what yeah, Harold thinks was, about yeah, this. Yeah, I grew up in Orange Park. Uh, anyways, All I just good. got a couple takes on the game. Uh, first, on the offensive side, I just was curious about I've heard you guys talk about this all season. And I, to me, just as a fan, you can kind of see it. Travis Etienne does not look healthy. I mean, he looks he, he's, a, he's a baller. He's, he's playing hard, team guy. But he, doesn't, he looks like he's a little slow. He looks tired, beat up, and slow. Given all of our offensive line issues, I mean, I'm just a little bit surprised they're not kind of using Dearness Johnson more in between the tackles just on a more regular basis because – it just looks like we get a lot of that first down run that gets like one yard. And it, it just doesn't look like he's got that burst um, in between the tackles. So that was just one comment. And yeah. then on the defensive side, do you guys think that Mike Caldwell is – I agree 100% that Peterson is not on the hot seat. I mean, he's a great coach. He's going to make some weird calls, whatever. But Mike Caldwell, it's like the beginning half of this year, the defense overperformed, especially on the run. But, I mean, it's a passing league, and it just seems like, we're, you know, and especially it doesn't look like Trayvon Walker's really developing um, or they're being creative with him at all. You don't see him, like, slide him inside and put his hands down or develop any pass moves. I just wanted to hear what your guys' take was on sort of the state of where you think Mike Caldwell may be in. All and right. Then let's real lastly, just on – I called, called about this about, I don't know, a month or two ago. I, I think we're going to have to be creative going down the stretch and, like, with personnel alignments using Trevor on quarterback sneaks. I asked about that, I don't know, a couple months ago, and I think your guys' take was like, well, we don't want to get him banged up, and it's it's a rough thing. You know, he's the franchise. I don't disagree, but you started to see, like, I think when they realize they can't run the ball on third and one, they're like, we got to get a yard somehow. And you've started to see them, not just the goal line, but they're running him third and one, third and a half a yard, fourth and one, because they're like, we got to do something to get a yard. Yeah. And I'm just I mean, they're going right. to have to keep doing that type of stuff. So, Harold, let me, let me jump in here because you've got a lot to unpack here. Uh, yeah, I, I, look, at this point, whatever works to get you that conversion, Yeah, fine. It's just that, as we pointed out earlier, Trevor is so successful near the goal line because he's got those long arms. He's 6'6", and he can reach it across. You know, your, your height doesn't really matter on a quarterback sneak. You know, per se, on a traditional one, because you're taking that ball in and you're holding it tight into your mm -hmm. chest and you're trying to get that push and protect the ball. Yeah. If you're at the goal line, you can reach that thing yeah. out and then it gets slapped out of your hand. It doesn't matter. Um, the, the ETN thing, I think ETN looks like he has, uh, it, clearly he's banged up, but by the way, so is Dearness Johnson. Yep. But ETN showed plenty of burst 
when he had some space outside the tackle box, That's right? That's the thing. Uh, and, and so he had some room and down the stretch. Now, granted, they're playing off a little bit. They're, they're going to give you up the underneath. But Etienne kept catching that ball and picking up 10 and, and sprinting to the first down marker. Mm-hmm. And I thought he looked fine in that regard. Yeah, he looks slow in between the tackles because there's no room to operate, yeah, exactly. at least from my perspective anyway. I, I feel like they're handcuffed on offense on what they can do effectively right yes. now, right? Like they're a team that third and one feels like, oh, gosh. Here, here we, we go, go again. again. <laughs> and third and seven is jail. As I said earlier, they can't pass protect well enough to feel good about anything beyond like third and four, and they really need it to be third and three to be like, all right, we could throw, <laughs> right? Like that's what it feels like. Right now on the offensive side of the ball, they have to get some of those things resolved at some point here over the course of the next month or every week's going to feel like this. Yeah. Like they have to fix those problems or they're just going to remain problems for the team going down the stretch. I feel like there's been a, a few years here lately where maybe not last year as much, but I know years before that where we would always come in here on Mondays and say, man, how are we just – the running backs aren't getting anywhere on these runs because they're running into a wall. And after a while, that takes a toll on you. You know, just like you said, we get to third and one, and we're like, oh, man, here we go again. The running backs, if they have no kind of creases, no kind of holes, they're going to look slow because they get hit at the line or behind the line of scrimmage. So there's nothing for them to look forward to. They've got to be able to pop one here and there to keep their mindsets focused on, okay, we have an opportunity here to get this first down. But if the last 15 times you've tried it over the last few games, you haven't gotten one, where's their excitement to get into this third one and try to plow forward? Travis Etienne in the first half yesterday averaged 4.2 yards carry. Okay. Wasn't great, but Mm -hmm. my Jaguars' too much standards was pretty good. Second half, ran it four times for negative seven yards. Mm. I mean, it, yeah. did he get slow? <laughs> I don't – you know what I mean? Like, I, And I'm not trying to pick on our caller here. It's just that I don't, I, yeah. I don't look at it like, man, ETN's leaving yards out on the field. No. I haven't seen that. I, I feel like – I mean, look at that touchdown. That dude is fighting, knifing, twisting, yes, yes. doing everything he can and extends that ball just enough and he breaks the plane and that's a hell of an effort play. Yes, it was. By Travis Etienne right there. You and know? the disappointment continues to grow for how little confidence Tank Bigsby has allowed the team to have. Bro, yeah. tell me the yeah. truth here. Like it's Come just on. week after week, third and one, that's the guy when we were going in the season, give it to Tank. Yep. Right, like that was the plan. Give it to Tank. He's going to find a way to get that done for us. It wasn't like this wasn't an issue last season. It was. Mm-hmm. We're like short yardage was an issue for this team last season. They draft a guy like Tank. That's the idea. He's going to help us in those spots. Well, they're not trusting him enough to get him a carry Mm-mm. in the game yesterday. Like it's just it's so shaken right now, and I don't know what's going to happen that will allow him to get back into even the rotation Off-season. at this point. Right? I will say this about ETN. Like, I, I get when – like, I read the numbers to you earlier, right? He's uh, 5'10", 215, which is denser, more compact uh, by the numbers than either of these other backs. Dearness Johnson looks like he's more compact runner, yeah, right? So I get when people say, hey, why isn't he banging it up there? It just so happened yesterday he came in with a knee issue himself. Dearness Johnson's been a nice player. I'd have no – Problem with it, they're having a problem right now because they're so ineffective that they're almost having to abandon the run entirely. And this is a game where you really weren't out of it 
at any point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ETN only gets 14 carries in the whole game. So how many, how many are you going to take away from him? Yeah. Right? Because he's still, to me, if he can get past that first line of the defense, is the most dangerous guy with the ball in his hands that you probably have right now. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and if you're abandoning the run, you want to make sure he's out there in the pass game so that he can catch some of these balls short and take them for the distance, you know? That is one thing. Like, I, I get, and again, it might, if I watch the film with somebody who knew exactly what is going on here, they're probably going to be able to show me that Cleveland's given them this, right? Because they're up by two scores at that point. Yeah. But it just did seem like, okay, we got to move. Dump it to ETN, get what you can, get out of bounds, and it was moving, 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 yeah. moving, moving. Why don't we try to manufacture some of that at other times? Yeah, yeah I'm not sure because apparently they played a lot of man yesterday from what the commentators were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so my think, thinking is, well, Travis ETN is a pretty good receiving back. I'm sure he's not going to have one of the top corners on him. Shake him. Let's see if we can get him matched up on a linebacker or a safety who can't cover. And let him go run by him or make a catch for two yards and then, you know, yeah. drop the guy. Whatever it is, but that's what you got to start doing. You can't just – I love – I do love really, and I think he'll continue to get better. I see his future with us hopefully being a, a positive one. But right now, Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne and even Washington are the guys that I am trying to get – more heavily involved because they don't have the number one corners on them. Mm-hmm. They don't have all the attention. We're asking a lot of Calvin because he is that good, but they're also covering him like he is the number one receiver yeah. too. All right, we got to take Ingram and Etienne are tough to match up with. Yeah, period. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, uh, we're getting late here. Let's uh, get back to your calls on the other side at 641-1010. Uh, Jags fall 31-27, as you're well aware, on a reaction Monday. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL with David Garrard. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. All right, we continue to work through the pain here <laughs> on a reaction Monday. Jags fall for the second time in a row. They've done that once earlier, mm-hmm. and they responded with a five-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. I take a five-game winning streak right now. That puts us in the divisional round. It does. <laughs> awesome. And we lost on the road. Uh, Short week. Bring on Sunday night. That's going to be a long night, baby. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I'll worry about that as the week goes on. Let's get back to your reaction here. Appreciate all the uh, passion for Jaguar football, even though the disappointment is certainly mixed in. Six four one ten ten on the All Pro Roofing phone lines. Jim in Neptune Beach, you're up next. Go ahead, Jim. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I was hoping David could help me understand intentional grounding, and I'm referencing the play uh, where Flacco threw it. And according to Frank and the guys, there was not a brown within like five yards where the mm-hmm. ball hit the ground. Yet the referee said that there was a player in the vicinity. So I was kind of wondering what constitutes in the vicinity, or was this just yet another blatant example of bad officiating? Yeah, in the vicinity, it's really – it's almost up to the ref. So, you know, you can't – there might be a, a yardage that they have, like in the rule book. He has to be within this to be in the vicinity. But it's up to the ref. It, it was the quarterback trying to get it to that receiver that's in the vicinity. And when I saw it, cl- it was clear that he was not mm-hmm. in the vicinity. He's running like a corner route or something, and the ball is thrown to the line of scrimmage. So I thought it was a bad call, period. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Must be frustrating to rush the passer in this league. 
Right? <laughs> like you can barely hit quarterbacks right. anymore. CJ Stroud with that ridiculous rough in the passer in that game that we saw on the replay. Like what what is going on in this league? And then Joe Flacco can throw a ball ten yards away from anybody, and they're like, ah, there's a guy yeah, kind of over there. You see that in the guy area. way down the field? He was in the vicinity. And we're watching. I think it must. I don't know if it was red zone or Sunday night football. I'm watching a. a Ball carrier, not a quarterback. I don't know who it was. I don't remember what position he played. It was a running back or yeah. receiver, whatever. Two full steps out of bounds. Guy comes up, two hands, shoves him to the ground, goes sprawling. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And, and if that, you know, last week you're seeing Mahomes inbounds. Inbounds. Get yeah. hit. Oh, it's close. Yeah. So it's close to not being inbounds. <laughs> so, I mean, it's ridiculous. But, you know, that's the thing. Everyone, Miles Garrett was complaining. They won. Yeah. And he was complaining about all the times he was held, hands to the face, all these different things. So don't think – every single fan base recognizes it. Yeah. Uh, it's just the ones that think they're out to get you that bother me. But, uh, yeah, officiating has been uh, less been than down. stellar. It's been down. Uh, let's go to Frank and San Marco next up. What's up, Frank? Hey, how you doing today? Enjoy the show. Big Thank fan you. of yours, David. Thank you. Um, Trevor was – Drafted as as clearly the generational talent. Got a great arm. His demeanor is good. He's more mature than I am. Smart. But his numbers are good, but they're not great. The top two quarterbacks in the league right now are C.J. Stroud and Brock Purdy. You know, Mr. Irrelevant and number two, good player. What what makes C.J. Stroud one of the top two quarterbacks in the league? If you look at the statistics from passing yards, and from you know, if you just how, how many you, you how like many yards does Sam Howell have right now? He Be- does, but that's what right. I'm, Does I'm that make him one of the top this, couple quarterbacks in the league? Well, I mean, wh- who's the things here though? All right, Frank, who's who's the best quarterback in the league? Brock Purdy, right now. You think it's Brock Purdy? You you take Brock Absolutely. Purdy if you're starting a team, you take him over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think so. Really? Right now, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate. It. I, I'm not going to go any further down that rabbit hole. I mean, I, I mean, if you're 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 a prisoner of the moment statistically, I don't even know what point you want to make. But if you're claiming that those are the two best quarterbacks in the league, then we're not watching the same league. All right, I, I understand Brock Purdy's having a wonderful year. Yeah, good for him. And there's not a GM I'm not in the league him over that's Patrick. taking him over Patrick Mahomes. Nope, no way. Uh, John in St. Mary's, Georgia, is up next. Hello, John. Hey, how's it going? Good. Okay, I just have a question about the defense and our general manager. Uh, the last two games, these quarterbacks was not starters. Uh, they they put him in the game last week. This guy came in and lit us up. Although he had his, all these yards in college, and this week we got a guy that's been home watching TV, watching the TV game with his wife and kids come in and do the same thing. We don't have a pass rush. I think they made a mistake. Walker is good. He's doing good, but he's not a pass rusher. And we can't go to the playoffs without somebody getting to those quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be really difficult. Probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to argue with it. No. I mean, those are facts. No. Um, if they had somebody else rushing the passer on the opposite side of Josh Allen right now, whew. Yeah. Like, I think this team could be a little scary, but they're, they don't. Like, they just don't, and there's nothing that can be done about that between now and whenever this season comes nope. to an end. Uh, let's go back here. We got time yet. We got a few more minutes here before we got a break. Uh, let's get Robert in Mandarin up next. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, good morning, fellas. I hope y'all doing well. Uh, look, I just want to comment a little bit on Caldwell. Uh, he, he don't have a lot of misdirection or, you know, keeping anything 
to the imaginary, you know, to the defenses. But one thing I thought that he did very well was, you know, ETN's got a lot of yardage with this with the screenplay, and uh, I didn't see very much of that yesterday. And uh, you know, and even if they was going to bring in Bigsby, you figure, hey, let's try him on a screenplay because I, I reckon he can't get the third and one, but you know, he's got really good speed. Uh, so I'm just a little concerned at why didn't why was the screenplay not implemented yesterday? And did you guys see what I saw? Or yeah, I mean, we we just talked about it a few minutes ago. I mean, until very late. Uh... You know, they really didn't get Travis Etienne that much involved in the passing game. Yeah. I, I don't know what Cleveland's doing to take away that, though. But, look, they're not going to throw it to Bigsby. They don't trust Bigsby nope. to hand it to him. Never mind, throw yeah. it to him. The ball's bounced off his hand several times this year. I mean, it, it, he played one offensive snap yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that should tell you everything you need to know about their trust level in Tank Bigsby right now. Yet both running backs ahead of him coming into the game listed as questionable with injuries, and Bigsby played one snap. So they're certainly not going to put him in there and start throwing screens to him all of a sudden. Uh, he's got to earn that. Uh, I, I would, again, like to see the ball in Travis Etienne's yeah. hands yeah. in space a little bit more. It was a question we asked a lot last year with Etienne. Why isn't he more involved in the pass game? He yep. had 35 catches last season. 35, right, for Travis Etienne last year. Why isn't he more involved? Well, this year he's already got 44. They're mm-hmm. getting him more involved in the pass game, and I'm with you. Like I am, like why aren't they getting him more involved? Even yeah. more, in the even pass more, game, right? Yeah. Like this guy feels like he can be a game breaker for him when they don't have a lot of those guys that are making the plays when they have an opportunity to. I think Calvin Ridley is capable of being that kind of guy. He's just not taking advantage of the moments where he could be. You know, part of it too. We got to be fair, right? Why, why aren't they getting this guy involved? Why, why are they getting Evan Ingram involved? Well, now they did. They got him 11 catches yeah. yesterday, right? Parker Washington is playing a nice role mm-hmm. and probably not as big as Christian Kirk's would be. You're still giving your targets to Ridley and Zay Jones. And, you know, ETN ended up getting the ball about 18 times yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see more, in again, in the passing game. But I do think we do this myself. I'm guilty of it. Why, whoever's not getting it, why isn't he getting it? Well, who are yeah. you taking it from? you got to take it from somebody if you're going to do, do. that. Yep. And, you know, we're happy now. Oh, Evan Ingram is really blossoming. Okay, but if you're going to give it more to the, somebody else, then maybe you're Evan Ingram's not going to have those yeah. opportunities. So uh, it's 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 easy for us to sit here and critique, and we'll continue to do that. It's yeah. just, you know, not probably as easy as we make it seem. Yeah, and I'll tell you why a running back doesn't get a lot of calls when it's um, a lot of screens when a team is playing man coverage. It's, sometimes it's really tough to get that backer that has him for the offensive line. He squeaks by him, your running back catches it, and he's down as soon as he catches it. So it's the way that you design the screen for a defense that plays as much man as, as Cleveland did. But there's plenty of other routes that he can run to get the ball to him on a linebacker or whoever that can't cover us as good. I watched last night Sunday Night Football, as most of us did, right? You're mm-hmm. playing against Philly, who's really good against yeah. the run, not as good against the pass. They threw it to their backs. Uh, Pollard, yep. eight times, Dowdle once, but they got eight catches out of their backs. They yeah. don't do that every week, but mm-hmm. against that team yes. with that game plan, they did. I thought there were some opportunities maybe to do that yesterday. But, again, I- I'm not sitting there watching the film you know, they know more what Cleveland's trying to do to them and what they have shown this year and what has been successful against them. But it just – it did seem like there was uh, something – some opportunities to be mined there that they didn't take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, it, it, a team is playing man coverage. So, 
unless you are keeping your back in or having him chip to get out, all those kind of things, which I'm sure they probably were using the back to do because they got a great defensive line, that also messes up your one-on-one matchups with your running back because he's chipping and now he's just flaring out or something. You know, So if you can't handle their defensive line with your linemen and you've got to use your running backs and use your tight ends, well, that messes them up in the pass game not being able to just get out and run routes. All right, let's take our final time out. If you're on the line, we'll try to get to you coming right out of the break at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. On a reaction Monday, you're listening to Jaguars today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, David Garrard, and Dylan Denmark on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. He's still throwing passes. It's a David Garrard Monday on 1010XL. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. All right, uh, this on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Let me bring it back up where I'm on my many tabs is that. Here it is. Why is this station so defensive about criticism towards Lawrence? Anyone else on the team is fair game. He's inconsistent. That's not an insult. When do we suggest otherwise? If you're talking, the only person that you might consider us being defensive with, me, is the guy who called up and tried to say because Brock Purdy and C.J. Stroud are the most passing yards, they're the best quarterbacks in the league. Would you have said that about Sam Howell when he was, you know, leading the league in passing yards a couple weeks By ago? By the way, after tonight, it'll be Tua. Right, it'll be – so Tua then will become the best quarterback in the league yeah. tonight, right? Did Dak Prescott become better than Sam Howell because he passed him in yardage yesterday? <laughs> I mean, it, that that's a stat – that doesn't tell the entirety. And if you are going to take C.J. Stroud, who just threw for 91 yards in most of a game, tell me he's better than Patrick Mahomes? I Come on. you know. So if that's being defensive about Trevor Lawrence, we never even got to the point about Trevor Lawrence. I don't, I don't. You didn't even bring Trevor Lawrence up as the quarterback that you would take. You said Patrick Mahomes because he is the best quarterback yeah. in the league. I think after three weeks in a row, Trevor Lawrence, before yesterday, three weeks in a row, Trevor Lawrence was playing as among the hottest quarterbacks in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, he didn't help him. No. Right? Like, he, he didn't have a good day yesterday, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But in the end, he knows it. It falls on his shoulders to play better. Did Trevor throw for the most yards in the league last week? You might, I think he did. He was close mm. if he didn't lead. Well, I think he did. Was he the best quarterback in the league last week then? I mean, you know, that's – like right, you're, yeah. you're getting caught up in one raw stat. Can't look at one stat. That CJ Stroud's been fantastic. Brock Purdy's been fantastic. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they're not having really good seasons. But if you're going to define it as best in the league by taking a snapshot in one moment and saying, well, he's leading – you know, so next year, whoever's leading the league in passing after week one, most yards, is the best quarterback in football. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> I mean, come on. Matt Schaub led the league in passing. He, he, he led the league in yardage. Yeah. Okay. I will contend it didn't make him the best quarterback in football. I would agree with you. But anyway, uh, all right, let's go around the rest of that sorry National Football League. <laughs> now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Houston quarterback C.J. Stroud was knocked out of their loss yesterday against the New York Jets after being evaluated for a concussion. He has been placed in the concussion protocol. Wide receiver Nico Collins left with a calf injury, was unable to return. Defensive end Will Anderson Jr. left the loss with an ankle injury and was unable to return. L.A. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert left their loss to Denver shortly before halftime with a finger injury on his throwing hand. It has been revealed that it is a 
fracture to the index finger on that right hand. Minnesota wide receiver Justin Jefferson was taken to a local hospital yesterday during the game after suffering a chest injury, and the Cleveland Browns in safety Grant Delpit agreed to terms on a three-year, $36 million contract extension before kickoff of the game yesterday in Cleveland. Delpit left the game yesterday with a groin injury. Good money if you can get it. Uh, all right, let's go out to uh, last couple of callers that will get in today. Gloria on the west side, you're next up. Hi, Gloria. You guys doing? Okay, what's on your mind? Uh, well, as a Duval Till We Die Jaguar fan, I just want to say, you know what? I've, I've come to accept the losses as well as the wins because at the end of the season, as long as we make those playoffs, I don't care if we get in that fifth seed, sixth seed, or seventh seed. I don't care because once you make the party, it's time to dance. So it doesn't matter how you get to that party as long as you get there. And that's my take on all of this. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Gloria. Also, Depends on your dancing skills. I don't want to <laughs> do it like a. I don't want limp. I don't want to look, look like party. me dancing <laughs> and then be quickly eliminated. So I mean, yeah, yes, you can. I yes. mean, I agree in the point that yes. once they get to the postseason, none of it matters. Yeah. Except as does it foretell what you're going to be at. like. It matters. It doesn't. If you convert your short yardage in the playoffs, who cared what you did in the regular season? Mm-hmm. But chances are the regular season is telling you how likely that is that you'll all of a sudden become this team. Teams have gotten hot at the right time. Look, the Jags conceivably will get healthier, right, in the next few weeks, right? You could get Cam Robinson back. Yeah. Uh, Who knows about Christian Kirk, but Walker Little, Tyson Campbell, Brenton Strange, all these guys could be coming back and making your team a little bit better. Again, I'm not trying to sit here and go, they're going to go on a run to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that it looks like that's the case, but – that doesn't mean if they make the postseason, I'm not going to go, let's go. I'm going to be all-in focused. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and go, damn it, we can't win four games. Win that week. That's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, you want to give yourself a chance to make it into the playoffs because you never know what can happen. And Giants are living proof of that twice. But you got to have the personnel that can do it. And I was going to say, yes, you don't want your personnel all banged up as you're getting into the playoffs, and now you're in here with a bunch of guys that you didn't even play during the season with. That is the one way you don't want to get in there. You want to get in there regardless of whatever it is, but you want to be getting in there healthy. So if you got guys that are on IR or they've been injured the last few weeks, hopefully they're getting healthier as you get to the playoffs. If you're limping into the playoffs, that's not a good look. It's not like you. It's not like a bowl season in college where you get three weeks before you start playing in the playoffs. You got to play the very next week, and it's hard to get guys back in in one week's time. So, yes, give me an opportunity to get into the playoffs. Don't care who we have, but also I'd like to have a lot of our guys back. Absolutely. Um, let's again. Got work to do, and that's another thing. That we still spot. got we still got more and games no to play. I, I'm not sitting here like 2023 AFC South champions. I'm not printing yeah. those T-shirts yet. Yeah. Nope. Okay, I'd rather be in the Jags position by far yes. than Indy and Houston, though. And mm-hmm. they still have the hammer, even if they lose to the Ravens. They still have the mm-hmm. hammer because they got a sweep on the Colts, split with the Texans, and have a better divisional record. Last week could be critical against Tennessee. Let's we'll worry about that when we get there 
at this point. Let's worry about Bailey on the north side closing us out in good fashion. Bailey, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? We're doing well. What's up, bud? Man, uh, I, I've i been patient, I feel like, with, with Caldwell, man. We couldn't stop the run last year. This year, it seemed like they put a lot of emphasis in the offseason on stopping the run because we started out good stopping the run. Now, we can't stop the run. The defense has no intensity. And I honestly feel like the defense takes on that persona of the defensive coordinator. And Caldwell has no intensity, man. Last week, guys were getting beat. And they pan the camera over to Caldwell, and he's just straight face. No emotion, no, he's not fired up, no anything. You know, so I honestly feel like our defense lack intensity because the true leader, the defensive coordinator, has zero intensity. hes I don't feel like he's holding guys accountable. Accountable, I don't feel like he's getting on guys. I honestly felt like Lovey Smith was the guy for the job uh, when he was cut loose uh, last year. But uh, what you got, what's your what's your take on that? What you got, how, how do you got that? I appreciate it, Bailey. I Look, man, I, I I don't know when Mike Caldwell gets on guys or not. You know, yeah. we're not out there at practice. We don't say because I think people when they don't get the results. We talked about this yesterday. You know, Trevor Lawrence got up in a post game yesterday and was asked about the interceptions and whose fault they were. He goes, "I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about my fault. Right? I want to talk about where I screwed up." People for years doing those post game shows. Why doesn't Doug Marone knock the podium over to show us he cares? Is is his job to show you his emotion, or is his job to get the best performance out of his players? And I grant you, they're not getting a good defensive performance. Yeah, but does, is Mike Caldwell screaming his head off? Does that make it? I mean, he is who he is, and he has yep. the personality that he has. My point being with Trevor that we see him out on the field; he's starting to let that show and wear the emotion on his sleeve, but he still understands. I'm not here to show guys up. I've got to lead in a different way. Maybe Mike Caldwell just feels like by having a calm demeanor, if I'm calm, everybody else isn't going to lose their mind. Yeah. So, you I, know, I'm with that 1,000% because I got called out for smiling too much. You know, <laughs> even though I'm trying to run everybody over on defense and I'm taking these shots, you got to stop smiling so much. We need to see some fire out of you. And, and, and that's okay if people want to, you know, see certain things from you, but that doesn't make you a better player. Your coordinator is not on the field. He is not the one out there getting the defense hype. You should have leaders on the defense that are demanding that intensity from their teammates. When I see Fred Warren before – Games, this dude is ready to get his whole defense to run through brick walls out there. One, because they know they're good as hell. <laughs> you know, it's nice when you have the weapons on your side where you can say, hey, you're a dog, you're a dog, now go hunt. When you don't have that, you got to make sure everybody is in alignment, everybody is doing their job, because if one guy is off, then now it feels like, well, here we go again. All right, um, with that, we got to wrap it up and hand things off to XL Primetime. You by Tire Outlet, keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Joe C is here. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you can, you got three hours to fix it. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I need a wrench, a screwdriver, or a ratchet, <laughs> and some yeah, chewing yeah. gum. Monkey wrench. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Another disappointing one. You yeah, can it, you can point to a million reasons why they lost that game yesterday, and that's that's the shame of it. It's not just one thing. Right. You can't drill down and, and immediately point your finger at one thing. And and the defense has given up way too many points. There's no question about it. Uh, and an inexperienced Jake Browning on the road for the first time. We know what he did. We know what old man Flacco did. We know. I mean, you can go back to C.J. Stroud. The last three games, they've given up over 300 yards passing. And, and they're leaking oil. There's no doubt about it. They're leaking oil with all the injuries. And then, obviously, uh, they need to they need to figure things out at the lines of scrimmage. I think that's probably one of the weakest things that just kind of – it exposes everything. Else. Right. But here's the thing. They've got who they have, right? There, there are, are, there's no you – can you can't go to the O-line, D-line factory and order a new set at this <laughs> stage of the season. So, you got to make better use of what you have, I suppose. And uh, – We'll Where's see, AI? We, we need AI in right now. <laughs> we need <laughs> an AI player? I, Iverson or we need artificial intelligence? Either way, you know, maybe they thought it was just practice yesterday. All right, Joe, what's coming up today? Yeah, it, it really is that. It's just kind of sorting through and, and you know, letting fans pop off and, and, and basically try and figure out. Because Sunday, Sunday night, was supposed to be another great spotlight opportunity. Uh, the Ravens are coming, so we'll, we'll definitely dig into all hey, of Hey, they are coming, but they also were within an eyelash of losing yeah. to the Rams at home mm, yesterday, were, right? Yeah. I mean, we look at them now because they won, and they, you know, it, like all this, why didn't you dominate that team? Win is all that matters, man, yeah. right? The Rams are not some great team, and they had the ball needing no, only a field goal in overtime yeah. to win that game. Yeah. And the Ravens went on a walk-off. Yeah, I return. doubt Jets fans today are going. You could dominate Houston. Why aren't we undefeated? Yeah. Right. Why? Yeah, why? Exactly. Well, maybe they are. You know what? Some of them probably are. Right. That's how like, fans are. That's right? not I how mean, the NFL works. You get a matchup, you exploit it. Good for you. Yeah. All right, but Joey. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. There's just no getting away from two backup quarterbacks with suspect teams, and you did not get the job done. Those were golden opportunities. Yeah. I don't know. If Cleveland's got a suspect team. They got yeah. a suspect quarterback right, right. situation. There's no True. question about True. it. But I mean, look, we said it. If you give Flacco a clean pocket. He'll, oh, yeah. he'll seven-on-seven drill you, you know, <laughs> and, and, they and, all he did, yeah. and he did on some time. And then he also bounced some four yards short of his receiver. So, yeah. and he, you had opportunities in that game. We've said enough. Uh, Joe, have all a good right, show. Folks. Appreciate it. Uh, XL Primetime for the next three hours. DG, have a good week. I will. We'll see you next Monday. Thank you, guys. I don't know what the situation will be, but uh, we'll hope it's a victory Monday, right? Upsets Absolutely. happen all the time. It's going to be an upset right now. The Ravens are favored by a field goal coming in uh, to your house. So, uh, we'll we'll bounce back. We'll rally the troops, mm-hmm. and let's see if we can't figure out a way to win some games in these final four. But that'll do it for us today. For Tony Smith, David Garrard, and for Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. XL Primetime is next on 1010XL 92.5 FM.